Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. Very different topic this week, and that is the subject of travel. Now I hear you ask, how's that got anything to do with money and investing? Well, you're gonna see how to get better value for money, more importantly, how to protect yourself from risk. To help us with this, I've got a special guest, someone that's worked alongside my family and I for a long time, helping us get the very best in air travel opportunities. You can take a massive amount from this. Enjoy the show. Okay, guys, well, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter. And today, as you can see, it's not young Mitch. It's actually, uh, we've got a guest. Our guest is actually uh, Carly Luttrell. Carly is the director, founder of a travel company called The Travel Notebook. Good morning. How are you, Carly? Good morning, Andrew. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, indeed. Ready for a holiday like most of us are this year, that's for sure. <laughs> what a tough year. I mean, who would have predicted that two years ago? But here we are. We'll be fine. Indeed, the world's really changed. And I guess uh, for our viewers, you think, okay, well, what are we talking about travel? And I guess some of the areas that we'll uncover that I guess to an extent overlap with money and investing is how to get good value for money. Maybe we'll talk a bit about points. And perhaps in this current climate where things um, have got a tendency to get cancelled or closed down uh, at the drop of a hat, how you can protect yourself from risk, which really is quite similar to trading about managing that whole risk side of it. Mm. Um, in terms of our relationship, Carly, obviously I travel a lot or pre-COVID certainly did and Carly looks after all of our family travel, all of the private stuff we do and I, can't, I cannot endorse your expertise enough. You've organised some amazing trips for our family and it's sincerely appreciated. But let's talk about the travel landscape right now. How do you see things right now? I mean, it's a totally different world. It is and uh, it's different for clients depending on where they're actually located as well because, you know, in, in Victoria, they... A lot of my clients, gorgeous clients down there, they don't want to see anything about travel because they're managing, uh, you know, school, school kids at home. They're managing, when are we ever going to be let out? You know, there's a lockdown within four hours with four cases. So that's very different to the rest of Australia at the moment. Um, and it's also managing, you know, what will we lose? What's going to happen if we travel to Kylie and we take some time out as a couple? leave our kids at home and suddenly we're told to quarantine for 14 days at Qualia or, um, you know, how much are any, anywhere in Australia, how, do, how does that look? So we're sort of not just managing, oh, if we lose a little bit of money, so be it. We're managing what actually happens from a lifestyle point of view if, um, you know, click, click of a finger, we are in lockdown. Yeah, look, I can I can attest to that firsthand. I know I was, I was trying to sneak down to uh, Queenstown for a cheeky ski for my birthday and obviously, you know, with, with the kids at home, that becomes a real problem. You're away for a couple of weeks uh, if, if, if a flash lockdown happened. And uh, I guess that's the world we live in. Um, and I don't really see it changing anytime soon until at least we get some vaccination rollout. Yeah, and even then it's going to be interesting because uh, with the latest Victoria lockdown, even if you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you still can't travel. So... It's going to be quite interesting what happens and how things change uh, moving forward. I think, you know, the great thing that's come out of this is that a lot of hotels have been so much more flexible with their cancellation fees compared to normal. Mm. Um, you know, it used to be non-refundable, even if you're spending thirty or $40,000 on a holiday, whereas now if we're in lockdown, I'll either provide a full credit or a full refund within 14 days. So that's been a great thing that's come out of this. However, people still don't want to necessarily lock that in. And then what's happening is there's no inventory. So mm. as you know, you know, luxury properties will generally have less than 30 rooms. Well, the whole country now suddenly want to travel in luxury, not just something, you know, mediocre in their holidays. 
and there's no inventory. So we're having to book six, 12 months out on um, the Table Beach Club in Broome. That's booked out until I think March next year. So the landscape is completely different. There's mm. no such thing as a last-minute holiday unless a state goes into lockdown and then you can pick up those types of rooms. So very challenging time we're in at the moment. For sure. And I guess that puts a bit of shade on you know, some of the businesses that operate in that sort of um, perceived market of we've got some last minute rooms available. It's just, it's just, there's nothing. You can see that with, you know, things like luxury escapes, the offers are a little bit different to what they were some time back. Let's, let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about um, how people can optimize what they do. I mean, as I said at the start of the broadcast, this isn't just about travel. It's about how you can be a little bit more um, using a smarts, I suppose, to get a bigger bang for your buck. And one of the big revelations for us, um, as everyone, as we've discovered the new system that, for example, Amex have with their points, how good is this? <laughs> how amazing is this? So we can actually now use any any product. So we choose to use any product that obviously we work closely with, but instead of just having to book our clients booking usually through Amex or our competitors, they can book everything through us. So the value is a lot less than points. So if we're thinking pragmatically about it, uh, you're not necessarily getting your normal bank for buck where it's about 200,000 points return for a business class ticket to LA um, at the moment with using your points and, and the money value. It's about a million points is about $5,000 worth of travel. But um, because people are still accumulating so many points, you know, the, the, the usual players who would have a, a million points in their and suddenly got three or four million points and they're not able to use it. So at least they can use it for anything rather than just flights. Um, mm. it's, it, it's been a huge bonus for us and it's so nice to give value for our clients. Mm. Well, I guess it, it, it makes it, to all intents and purposes, the potential to be a free holiday with the family or, or, or whatever it may be. And, and this is an interesting one. A lot of people don't realize this, but you know, if, you, if you're really smart in terms of how you use your credit card, those points, mm. well, as you know, we've got millions to, of them to work with. Um, mm. Those points can really accumulate very, very quickly. If you think about paying, for example, your BAS or your company tax or your own tax using your credit card, which you can do, all of a sudden that ability to, to ratchet up a, a really substantial number of points can, can be accelerated. It's so nice. I mean, you know, how hard do we work, <laughs> most of us out there? And uh, to be able to have a, a free holiday or take your wife somewhere for a few days and have uh, a little bit of luxury and it's technically free, who doesn't want that? Right? <laughs> uh -huh. Too true. Now, tell us a bit about frequent flyer points. How can people get the most out of uh, the points on when we accumulate them back in the day when we could travel more? Um, but, you know, how, how do you get the best out of it? Do you use it directly with airline? What would your advice to be to people? I mean, it's a bit challenging at the moment, obviously, with the landscape. Usually, uh, pre-COVID, it was, say, if you're a ton of frequent flyer, you could, use, you could fly Emirates or you could fly Qatar with your clothesline, which is incredible. The great thing with frequent flyers that people don't realise is that you can book a ticket up until about 340 days in advance, and you can cancel it 24 hours prior to departure with a 5,000-point penalty. So... The consequences are so minimal. Um, so I would certainly suggest that everyone get out there and book their holidays well, well in advance. Even for Europe next year, Europe is going to be absolutely nuts. Uh, we've got three years of banked up travel that we've got to fit credits in as well as, you know, people wanting to go on any holidays. So the, the trick with frequent fly points is that you really need a higher status with either uh, Qantas in One World, which is one partner program, or um, for us to be Virgin Australia and Velocity, 
you really need the higher uh, status in order to get the seat availability. So that's the challenge. But they're matching. Um, so each program is matching each other at the moment. They are providing a lot of free credit. So it's a, it's a big market that we're in. We offer that advice. Obviously, we don't own commission off um, advice for frequent advice. So we'll just charge a $300 service charge to offer that advice to go show us what we're working with and we will tell you whether we need to get a higher status here and this is how we do it. Okay. Well, that's interesting in itself. And I think you're quite right. I mean, as soon as the borders open, everyone's going to be bolting for the airport and, and having a run at it. So as you say, so you can book using your points 340 days in advance, which is, you know, to all intents and purposes a year out and you can cancel with just 5,000 points of penalty. So you can secure a great price now and your downside risk is 5,000 points. That's it. And 24 hours before departure, you have to make that decision. So, you know, in terms of managing risk, it, if, if we're talking share market risk, um, yeah, it, it's very minimal. So it's well worth doing. I I think we're so caught up in what's happening this year to sort of not think ahead as to what is going to happen. Because as I mentioned before, we've got three years of travel to catch up on. Um, and things are going to be very, very busy. And not only that, it's economic. So hotels will be a lot more expensive than what they were two years ago because Mm. That's, a, that's the thing for sure. I mean, you know, you can only imagine you know, with the wealth effect, people have obviously made some great money out of their property if they own if they own property, the stock market. And, you know, we've had $60 billion contained within the Australian economy that hasn't been able to go on offshore travel. Uh, it's going to be one heck of a pop when it goes, that's for sure. Okay, so... I've always been, or, or, or certainly for a, a fair period of time, a bit of a lone wolf. I've done a lot of my own travel booking and uh, finally listened to my wife for once and, uh, and, and some of the bespoke stuff that we've done. It's just too hard to try and organise on your own account. Tell us some of the big advantages, I guess, for our clients you know, in terms of booking to an agent such as yourself rather than getting online and doing a record of well, most of your clients would be highly educated, I assume, with what they're doing. So, you know, for me, I don't know a lot about finance. I'm quite good with my finances, but I pay professionals to do that. I, I don't want to get a, a degree. You know, I don't want to spend eight years in learning finances to be at the same stage as someone else when I can pay them a small fee uh, for their knowledge. So, you know, that's what you're doing with us. So I've, I've been doing this for 20 years. Um, I'm an incredible decision maker and I make that decision on your behalf and you know our company is very pragmatic with how we think we manage how your lifestyle looks you know we have some clients saying oh pre-COVID we want to go to Europe for six weeks and we'll say well what's happening in your life at that time um, you know because we're talking a very busy trip and they're like oh we're settling free properties so we'll say well we're not going to send you there <laughs> you know let's Let's pop you somewhere where you're contactable, um, that you're actually having a little bit of downtime with your family and your friends, whatever it may be. And let's save that trip for when your life looks a little bit better. Otherwise, you're going to hate it. You're going to, you know, see the trip as an absolute waste of money. And that's on us. So we don't just sort of sit there and, and take inquiry. We very much talk about um, how that person's life is looking for that year and we manage their lifestyle. So um, you're not paying a lot more to go through travel agents. You know, it should either be the same price or sometimes it'll be between five and nine cents more expensive. But I don't do my tax myself because, as I mentioned before, I don't know a lot about tax. I pay an amazing accountant a fee because what he earns me back in that is, is well worth the money that I'm paying. And that's what we do. Well, I, I can give everyone a real time case study on this too. I think. Uh, 
last year or eight, about 18 months ago, we were in Capri uh, in, in Italy and, and for whatever reason, their transfers from the harbour to the villa weren't there. Uh, I'm there with my in-laws, I'm there with my kids and my wife. And it's like, okay, what happens here? Kylie, 10.30 on a Friday night. I'm not recommending everyone give you a call then, but uh, we appreciate it anyway. Help us and, and all of a sudden everything is fixed. And I guess having that additional resource that can fix stuff and has the contact base to do that is a terrific value add. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it, it is a service that we provide. Um, to give you a quick short case study as well, I had a client who... Um, He's a very wealthy man, very, very kind, poor, loveliest man. And he has a new property in the Gold Coast. Uh, lockdown, I knew was going to happen. He was in denial. <laughs> so I said to him, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab flights first thing in the morning for you, just in case. We can hold the flights in our system. If you book it online yourself, you have to pay in full. So we've got that flexibility to hold something for a couple of hours to make a decision. Um, I, I got up at 4.30 that morning knowing that everyone was going to be trying to escape Melbourne. They announced lockdown at 11 o'clock in the morning. We were able to get him on a flight out. And now he's spending three weeks in Queensland instead of, you know, three, well, two weeks in lockdown. So it's not just, you know, I think a lot of the time people think about travel agents. Oh, yeah, it's easy to book a flight. It's easy to book accommodation. But when you're making fairly big life decisions on behalf of your clients, that's where we should in. Sure thing, and, and what a great job you do. Um, in terms of border closures, how do you ensure you don't lose your money on travel bookings? You mentioned that the, 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 the most of the hotels and things are being a little bit more flexible. How, how, do, you, how do you sort of deal with that to, to sort of mitigate that risk? It's just knowing what the options are. So um, any good, there are some amazing travel agents out there. So any good travel agent should really be going through what your options are when you're inquiring in terms of cancellations and, and what your worst case scenario is so that you can manage it. Um, you know, we've had some properties that won't come to the party with cancellations and they'll just say it's absolutely non-refundable. It's, it's rare, but it will happen. We won't book, we won't support that that hotel because it's too hard to manage. And when you're talking luxury travel at $1,500, $2,000 a night, you don't want to, you know, lose $10,000 to know what fault of your own. So it's just super important. The travel agent should be going through those cancellations and options for you so that you can actually make an informed decision. But if they aren't, make sure you ask the question of what happens if we cancel just due to our own choice and what happens if there's an actual border closure. Good on. Well, that's, uh, more information you can get, the better, I suppose, in terms mm -hmm. of uh, knowing that. Okay, here's one I got asked um, by uh, one of the guys in my office to ask you today. So um, <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you're going to use points for travel, and he's been very diligent and been very nicely accumulating his points, um, how do you get the best value for money? Do you book an economy fare and then upgrade using points, or do you book a, just use the points to go straight on business or first or whatever you might be doing? Very good question. We get to ask this question pretty much weekly. Um, so it depends on how you want to fly. So, you know, optimal scenario is most people would love to fly business class. If you book uh, an economy class ticket and pay for it, there is actually no guarantee most of the time that you're going to get that business class seat. You will find out within 24 hours of departure, sometimes when you're actually at the airport. So if it's imperative that you fly business class, you are better to either purchase a points booking outright with business class um, or save your points for another day. So it's really managing how you want that to look. If you're not fast, the best option is to get your status credits by paying, hopefully on a cheaper fare most of the time domestically, um, and then popping in your points to, to get your upgrades because the fee is quite minimal. But optimal for our clients, we always look at trying to just get them business class outright with their points. Um, secondary to that is offering if they must fly business class then a paid option and let's look at you know booking their trip 
in advance to um, make sure we can provide them business Okay. And I, I, again, I, the sort of value add that you guys bring to the table, I remember we've done a couple of trips now uh, with, with the whole mob and there's a lot of us when we go traveling. <laughs> um, yeah, pay business and get first, which you've managed to secure for us a couple of times too, which is just absolutely outstanding value and uh, a great experience. Unfortunately, I think my kids have been a little bit spoiled. <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble when they're older, that's for sure, Andrew. Yeah, look, it might help them. Certainly my daughters, when it comes to the dating game, well, well look, my dad used to support me at this level. What can you do, Ace? So at least we're going to raise the bar reasonably high. Um, good. Okay, a couple of things just to finish up on. I mean, you know, a lot of people are stir crazy. Would you advocate at this point in time with the level of uncertainty that's there, you know, short-term book within your own state or be brave and have a crack at something around the traps? I think it's managing that the, the consequence the consequences around that again. So um, look, I'm in, I'm living in Queensland. I escaped COVID um, last year from Melbourne. I did the first lockdown and just didn't want to do it again. So uh, I believe we caught up when you're up in Noosa um, last year. Mm. Yes, absolutely. So being really lucky with um, that decision making, but it really depends on your state and what's happening. Anyone in Victoria, it's going to be a lot more difficult to make a decision about travel until probably next year. Um, the way that I see it, I have no insider information, but I would say uh, New Zealand should remain open to us um, pending, you know, lockdown safe with Victoria at the moment, but they're pretty much on par with what's happening with Australia and the decisions anyway. I would say New Zealand will remain open. They'll have a couple of bubbles with South, South Pacific Islands. Um, moving forward, and I'd probably say Japan will be the first major international country that um, will, will be open to us probably in March or April next year, everything going well. What about so, Singapore? I mean, there's a lot of noise out there as well about Singapore being a... I just can't see that happening um, for the reason that Singapore's a hub city. So if you're going to open Singapore, you're allowing traffic from London, basically the whole of Europe. And as we know, you know, their cases are so, their case numbers are so high at the moment, uh, India. Um, so I just cannot See that happening unless they actually cull certain flights coming into and out of Singapore. I also don't see that happening. So, um, you know, you, you, you places like Japan where it's not necessarily a major hub, uh, Maldives was another one which would be really nice to get a bubble happening. One of my favorite places. Um, but otherwise, I think you know we always hold off seeing Australia until we're older. This is my whole concept. I'll see it when I'm a bit older. It is the most incredible country that we have and it's a great time to actually get out there and experience, you know, our, our culture and um, learn a lot more about Australia. I did an amazing canoe up to Lizard Island and up to Cape, Cape York and we um, did a helicopter up there and saw the Aboriginal rock art. I bawled my eyes out because firstly I'm a girl and um, it was just so emotional and spiritual and that would never have been on my radar if Ibiza was open and, and to say anything. So, I think we really need to take this opportunity to um, see, you know, this beautiful and diverse land that, that we're on and, and just hold off planning anything else for probably 18 months internationally. Fair enough too. Look, great advice and I appreciate that. And uh, as a, an Ibiza veteran of my time living in London, <laughs> uh, you'll have a great time whenever you go there anyway. Thank okay. <laughs> what we like to do with our guests when we finish up uh, our, our time, Kylie, we, we, we do what we call rapid fire. I know I haven't said it with you, so you're probably a little nervous right now. I've got three <laughs> questions I'd like to ask you. And okay. Just gut reaction to them. First one's an easy one for you. Window or aisle seat on the plane? Uh, if it's business class and two and two, I'd go a window. If it's economy, I'd go aisle. 
Okay, there we go. Type A personality, love it. <laughs> myself. Okay, um, we, we're seeing a lot about uh, international currencies, but the big buzzword obviously out there is crypto and Bitcoin. Are you mm -hmm. an investor in crypto and Bitcoin or not? I'm not. I am definitely a trader on the share market, um, but I don't know enough about it yet, and I will need to speak to you probably about that later today. I'm very, very intrigued about it, but I need to get my head around how it works first um, to be able to feel secure in giving my money to someone. Fair enough, too. Okay, last one. Um, best advice you'd receive or the advice that you'd give yourself if you were starting back over it? Uh, just no regrets, you know. Um, don't have that fear to, to not jump into it. I think as a society, we focus on by certain age, you must have A, B, and C, and it's a, a load of rubbish. If you're really, really passionate about something, and that's probably the key, if you love it that much, just do it. Get really sound advice, uh, surround yourself with amazing people, and life's too short, you know, trust yourself. Great advice, awesome stuff. Now, for any of our listeners, if they wanted to get in touch with you um, and, uh, and your organization over there at the Travel Notebook, and again, I can't endorse mm -hmm. the service you provide enough. You've just done miracles for us, and it's, it's genuinely appreciated. So how can our tribe get access to you? What's the best way for them to be able to reach out and have a yak? So we're on Instagram, so the Travel Notebook underscore AU, and then you can see what we promote and, and what we're doing in terms of itineraries. Our website will be finished in three weeks, so they'll should be able to um, get access to us that way and email, phone calls. Um, we're on Facebook also, so lots of social media. We've got our contact details on there, and yeah, we'd love to hear from your clients. Isn't isn't that interesting? And that's such a reflection of the times. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about the website. Let's, especially in the industry you're in, Facebook and Instagram, lots of great pictures of what goes on. Don't just be sucked in by the pictures. Oh, there's some terrific service, expertise, and support that sit behind it. As I say, can't endorse what you guys do enough. Thank you, Andrew. Absolute <laughs> pleasure. Thanks very much, Kylie, for joining us today, and we'll chat soon. Sounds great. Thank you. See ya. <laughs> there you have it, guys. That's us on Travel this week. Make sure you give us a review and a rating, and we'll look forward to hosting you next week.